Welcome, everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul. And good morning to all of our viewers and listeners out there. Thanks again for tuning in. If it's Tuesday, which it is, we are talking real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company, managing partner of Saywitz Properties. And if it's one thing I've learned in my 30-plus years of doing this, it's to uh, surround yourself with good people, get informed, make good decisions, try and have a good time along the way. And that's what we're going to try and do today. I am excited about today's show. Before we get going, we were chatting a little basketball before the show. (laughs) And I want to just do a shout-out to both the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Good luck to both of those teams here in the next week or two and we'll see what happens but uh, in terms of our show today i want to welcome our esteemed guest the mayor of the city of huntington beach surf city uh, tony strickland uh, welcome to the show thanks for having me on yeah. i really appreciate it, barry yeah so we have had a number of mayors and leaders from different cities uh, throughout orange county uh, huntington beach being one of my favorite cities and and close to home and we own a bunch of property there so i'm always excited to talk about the city of huntington beach and i'm sure you are as well i appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts and talking about the city with us uh, I could always talk about Surf City. Uh, it's such a privilege to be mayor of Huntington Beach. We have so many great things going on in our city, and um, it's just such a privilege to be the mayor of a city that's internationally known. Millions of people from around the world come to Surf City, and I'm encouraging everybody to come out. We have wonderful, wonderful hotels, restaurants, uh, whatever you're looking for, we have it here in uh, Huntington Beach. Absolutely, including great beaches. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to rewind for to start with. You've been in politics for a long, long time, and I guess I want the, one of the questions I had was just, how did you get into it? What made you want to get into it? And, and how did you get going originally? Well, a lot of my friends now call me Benjamin Buttons because I'm kind of going backwards. <laughs> I've always had a passion for history and sports. And in fact, my wife says I'm not well-rounded because I talk about sports and politics. And I know a lot about that subject. Um, and invariably, in almost every conversation, ever since I was a kid, I would direct it either to history and politics or sports ever since I was a little kid. I played basketball in college. I went to Whittier College. But part of the reason why I went to Whittier College was I became a Nixon scholar. Richard Nixon went there. I got to know the former president. And I also chose Whittier College because I got an internship with the local state center. And so I got to learn a lot about the process. After I graduated college, I actually learned everything I could about campaigns, and uh, I ran six successful assembly campaigns before I was 27 years old. And then from there, I decided that I was going to run for state assembly myself. My friends thought I was Forrest Gump. They called me Forrest Gump because they thought I was too stupid to know I was supposed to lose. And in fact, I ran against a Harvard graduate who was a planning research director for Pete Wilson and was a White House fellow for Colin Powell. And he was the front runner, but I outworked him and I got elected when I was 27 years old to the state assembly. Fast forward, I did six years in state assembly. I was a Republican caucus chair, and then I became a state senator. And then after I was done with my term in the legislature, and that's from a different part of California. I represented Santa Barbara, Ventura, and L.A. But uh, still up in Sacramento. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I represented in Sacramento. And then, you know, I taught three years at USC, California Public Policy. I unfortunately got divorced, but then fortunately I met a Huntington Beach girl and she's wonderful and I love my life and I moved out to Huntington Beach and I absolutely loved it. 
But as I was living in Huntington Beach, I thought I was on the wrong track. There was a lot of problems that I thought that we need leadership in the city. And so I decided to put my hat back in the ring. And here you're looking at me. And now I'm mayor of Huntington Beach. Yeah. So a guy who <clears throat> likes to get involved and, and obviously really from your professional career, a lifelong public servant. Right? Yeah. No, I, my dad, I learned that from my father, actually. My, my father was my hero in my life. My, my dad on his 17th birthday joined the Navy and, and fought in Korea on his 17th birthday. He went to the Korean War. Dropped out of the Korean War and re-enlisted in the Army. Did 21 years in the Army. He actually won the Bronze Star for Valor in the Tet Offensive. And I learned from my father, who was, again, my hero in my life, that it's up to every generation to leave the next generation better off than what you found. Fight for something bigger than yourself. In fact, after my dad got injured in Vietnam, he became a drill sergeant at Fort Order Army Base, and that's where I was born. And you can imagine what it was like to have a drill sergeant for a dad. Yeah. Um, I, every minute I was late, I was grounded a week. Uh, my friends used to call my home strict land. And my, <laughs> a lot of my friends were scared of my dad. And I was a little scared of my dad, too. But um, he brought in discipline, and I learned from him about public service. And I learned from him to give back and do whatever you can to make your community better. And here you are giving back and making... Uh, Huntington Beach better than uh, it has been and, and on a forward path uh, upward and onward. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we had your predecessor, Barbara Del Glaze, uh, on uh, the show here, I don't know, a little over a year, year and a half ago. And the city was at a different place in a different time and a different trajectory, I think, in terms of what the goals and objectives were. I guess talk about what the plan is in a general sense for mm -hmm. the city under your leadership and with this city council, which is majority Republican. Right. And, and I think of like mind. Yeah. So all four of us, there was four open seats and, and it was almost, if you've ever seen the movie Seinfeld or TV show Seinfeld, we did the anti, the anti, like the George, do the opposite. Yeah. George Costanza. There was a show that says, I'm just going to do the opposite. We pretty much went around Huntington Beach and said, we're going to do the opposite of what the current council is doing. And then we had a historic victory. All four of us won. We campaigned together and we, all four of us came up with contract with Huntington Beach. Just really briefly, four, four, four parts. One was we're not going to stand on the sidelines on these uh, mandates coming from Sacramento that would pretty much urbanize our city and increase our population 50 to 100%. And we didn't want the high-rise, high-density apartment buildings in yeah. all up and down uh, Gothard, all up and down, uh, you know, all up and down our city. So we said the first thing we're going to do if we were to be the majority and get elected is unleash Michael Gates, our city attorney, to fight back on those mandates. Number two. The homelessness was a disaster. And it was the number one, two, and three issue of our citizens. People were walking down. One of the days I still remember that I finally made up my mind that I was going to run. I was driving. Uh, I live in the Five Points area of Huntington Beach. I was driving down Beach, turning on Main, and right in the middle of the street, you had two homeless people walk in the middle of the street right, uh, right to my car. Okay. Unacceptable. And when you looked at Main Street, it was a, it was a jungle. And so we made homelessness and, and, and clearing out homelessness from our parks, Main Street, and our businesses a top priority. And homelessness is way down since we've been elected. Number three, it sounds simplistic, and we kind of stole this from uh, Assemblywoman Diane Dixon. But we said we're going to make crime illegal again. And what that means is a sentiment that says, you know, we're going to have accountability in Huntington Beach. Uh, too many times what's been happening, people look the other way. They don't, you know, you know, oh, just look the other way when people make a crime or commit a crime. Not in our city. You know, yeah. we're going to make sure that people are safe. And so we support our chief para to the fullest and our police department. And then lastly, we were going to cut the red tape and roll out the black, red carpet for business. Um, 
you know, I uh, one of the first items I uh, introduced was um, no more anonymous tips, because a lot of times, you know, what would happen all these anonymous tips because they wouldn't like the restaurant owner, and they'd come in on Monday, you know, and say, oh, we're just going to look for things to violate and harass our businesses, and the air show, the air show was a very important for us. Yeah, the air show provides 120 million dollars to the economy. $70.4 million to our local direct economy, and, and this is market research. It provides 1,202 jobs, and this is a stat that I really like. So we have over 700,000 people come to the air show, but over, I believe it was like 548,000 from out of town. Of that 548,000, 91% come back to Huntington Beach a second um, time. Or- a second time. Yeah. And so... We couldn't afford. The last council was saying we don't want the air show. You know, go away. And I actually, the guy who ran the air show uh, is a Huntington Beach resident and a Huntington Beach business. He said, "I'm done. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to go to Gold Coast, Australia." And I had to bring him back to the negotiation table. Bring him back to whoever can. And I use a Cal Worthington. uh, if you grew up here in Southern California, but maybe some of you didn't, yeah, go see Cal. Uh, go see Cal. I said I'll stand on my head until my ears are red. If you're going to bring seventy point four million dollars to our direct economy, I will stand on my head until my ears are red because that's the kind of thing that we needed to have in Huntington Beach. And so I'm very proud that we now have the the largest air show in, in America in Huntington Beach. Our marathon is a qualifier for the Boston Marathon. We have a cherry blossom festival that honors our sister city in Japan, a big, huge festival there. And, you know, we have the International Surf, we're Surf City. Sure. And so, you know, we're a place of destination. In fact, we're going to fight hard to try to get LA 28 games, uh, at least a couple of competitions at uh, Huntington Beach and Surf City. Well, and, and the volleyball, the history with uh, right. Huntington Beach and volleyball, and then also the 4th of July parade. Oh, the largest, uh, thanks for reminding the largest uh, parade west of the Mississippi. We're coming up on Independence Day Parade, and I'm looking forward to that. And again, we're used to doing these big events, and uh, we want people to come out. We have, uh, we, just recently, we opened up Sammy Hagar's uh, Cabo beach club and it's after you know he has a cantina right in cabo san lucas uh he just opened it up at our waterfront hilton and he's donating all the proceeds to charity huh. um and so it, please come it's an amazing place and those are the kinds of things and i'm working with kelly miller who's visit huntington beach to do whatever we can to bring business to to huntington beach i mean really huntington beach uh, from my perspective is just the epitome of large-scale events right yeah <laughs> it's just a lot of we know how to do it if you had bigger streets you could do a car race or some other things but the draw of huntington beach with the long uh, beach stretch and um uh, and all the different events that come, how has that changed? And the pier, yeah, and the pier. And the inner pier, the pier is internationally known, um, over eighteen hundred feet, and yeah, no, people love going down downtown Main Street. It's historic, and then the pier. Um, but you know, again, Huntington Beach has something for everybody. Like we also have the sports complex, where baseball tournaments and softball tournaments from all around the country, they, they teams from all around the country come to Huntington Beach for those tournaments. And, and now in this post-COVID era, I mean, I, 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 I'll ask the question, but I, I, get, I think I know the answer. We're past sort of all of the restrictions of COVID and all of those things, and now it's really on to focusing on the events and making them bigger and better while being safe as well. Oh, yeah, and I've been, you know, look, I beat up on the governor every day because, you know, Governor Newsom, you know, good for other people, not for himself. Like, uh, during COVID, he shut down our beaches, and we sued and got a, got those beaches open because it was proven that you need the sun, and the sun actually prevented the, the disease from spreading. 
And then he's sitting in the French Laundry having dinner with no mask uh, with the very people from the California Medical Association who created these rules. Yeah. And we'll go into the, the what's going on in the in the fight for the housing, but we're pushing back on, and we're suing them in federal court uh, on these housing mandates that the governor's set on Huntington Beach. But when you look at his home in Napa, or no, his home in Marin, they have zero in terms of they have to build zero uh, and no state mandate for his home county in Marin. He's in the wine business, and so he gave Napa zero in terms of their mandate on housing. And so if it really was a, about affordable housing, you know, he would equally put it for everybody. But it's, again, a, a, a characteristic that it's good for others, but not for myself. And, and so let's shift gears because now we'll put the real estate spin on things. Yes. Which is the certainly Huntington Beach expensive place to live, desirable place to live and visit, and different neighborhoods for different folks and different price ranges. We know that from our own properties. And so now, for those who are not familiar with, call it a fight, but the argument, if you will, of the state trying to impose the mandates for development, um, I guess give us the brief history of it Mm -hmm. and then where you stand today. But the the gist of it, as I understand, I'm curious your thoughts, is it's not that you're opposed to development. It's opposed to the state mandating how you develop, where you develop, and the kind of development. Correct. Number one, Huntington Beach has already done more for affordable housing than most cities in Orange County. That's number one, and the governor never acknowledges that. Number two, the number that they gave Huntington Beach is astronomical. We have to put it in perspective. And a lot of people, if you don't know what high high rise, high density is, it's what they really want to do is create these, you know, apartment complexes that are, you know, 15, 20 stories mm-hmm. high in high density in the area. By the way, our city's 95% built out. So in order to do that, we have to rip down places of business today and then put those in. Um, and so, look, I'm not against development. In fact, I'm for development that fits our community feel. We're a suburban, suburban coastal community, and that's what we like to have. And so if you have a development coming forward that has that suburban coastal community feel, I'm all in. But what this is, um, one, is I, I don't think it's about affordable housing, personally. Uh, I served in Sacramento. I think it's a, it's a far-left philosophy that says, okay, we want to urbanize California. And what I mean by that, they want every city to look like San Francisco and L.A. They don't like the automobile uh, in Sacramento. And there's a reason that in Sacramento we have the highest gas tax in the country. We have the highest car registration fee in the country. And when they spend money in transportation, for the most part, they don't spend on roads and highways. They do it on things like the bullet train and mass transit that the masses don't use. And so what they're trying to do, they don't like suburban communities. They, they want to urbanize and they want cities to look like San Francisco and LA. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with urban living. In fact, I almost moved to New York out of college. But some people like the urban feel, yeah. and some people like the suburban community and, and families, and you know, looking after each other, and that's what we have. And some people like the rural farm feel. Um, and so, what he wants to do is pretty much change the fundamental makeup of Huntington Beach. Now, if this again was about housing, the other thing to understand is 95% of Californians live in 5% of the area space. He has no incentives to build in that 95%. In fact, he's stopping development from happening in places like San Bernardino. San Bernardino County wants to develop. They have plenty of land to develop. It's cheaper land, and people can actually be affordable there. Um, But they're stopping developments from happening in the state in San Bernardino and in the Inland Empire. 
but they want to force it down here in Huntington Beach. It's 95% built out. And if you look at where they are going after, they're going after more conservative cities that are suburban communities. And that's what their big numbers are when you look at those cities. And if you look at cities where it's more Democrat, um, again, Marin, Napa, no. And then where Oprah Winfrey lives in Montecito, they have no mandate. And Atherton, they just bought out their mandate, and the state's not suing them. And so I think Huntington Beach is unfairly uh, being treated by the state of California, and we're going to fight back. Yeah, and, and I read somewhere that it was really more of a, a perception uh, and maybe a reality that uh, Huntington Beach is really getting picked on. Oh, there's on. no question Huntington Beach is getting picked on. Again, the attorney general and the governor have a negative press release on us probably at least twice a week. But the good news is I do have that experience. And if you didn't know this in my background, when I was a young, you can picture with me, I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Um, when so this great, was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is back in, uh, I believe it was 99, 2000, 2001. And Gray Davis refused to disclose what he was spending these long-term energy power contracts during the energy crisis. And I took Gray Davis to court in a lawsuit, Strickland v. Davis. And by the way, my Republican colleagues told me I was ending my political career. Don't do this. Drop this case. And I knew it was the right thing to do. I learned from my father to do the right thing. And not only did we win in court, um, we end up, the energy companies have bad PR. Because what Gray Davis tried to do is lock in these 15, 20-year energy deals that are higher than even the spot market. And so, in layman's terms, he tried to make us pay as ratepayers for the next 15 to 20 years to get him out of his political mess. Well, energy companies, when we won that court case and forced disclosure, they had to renegotiate those contracts because they were embarrassed. Um, we ended up saying ratepayers billions of dollars with the B, and it did lead to the recall of Gray Davis. And so, I've been through the threats of a governor saying, I'm going to end your political career. I've been through all those things. And quite frankly, if we, if we didn't have a good, strong case, they wouldn't care. Yeah. The reason why they're attacking Huntington Beach day in and day out from the attorney general to the governor is because they know Michael Gates, our city attorney, has a very strong case and we're going to push back uh, for local control. And the practical side of things, while everybody is for affordable housing and you have to have it, there is a free market that exists that would dictate what happens in terms of development and redevelopment, et cetera. And it becomes very difficult in high affluent cities, whether it's Atherton or Montecito or Santa Barbara or Huntington Beach. Right. Well, again, some of the arguments are they know it's hyperbole. They say, well, look at the homeless. Well, first of all, I've always fought for more funding for mental health. Um, I think a lot of the homeless is a mental health and and addiction issues. Um, Some of it is housing, but look, those folks on the street, if we, even if we abided by what the governor said, they wouldn't be able to afford the homes just because of the desirable place that we live near the ocean. Think about this, Um, Malibu, Santa Barbara, Manhattan Beach, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Del Mar, San Diego, what, what do all those have? They're all very expensive places to live. Why? Because people want to live near an ocean, and we have the best weather in the world. Right. And so it's a desired place. It's a law of supply and demand. And as hard as we try, but also, if they were serious about affordable housing, they would stop some of these uh, mandates that come down from Sacramento as well. They would have more what we call sequel reform, this uh, California uh uh, Environmental Quality Act. Um, it goes too far. I believe in a strong environment, but it goes too far, for, especially for people who try and build. A lot of the liability concerns, a lot of the regulations that come from Sacramento help help uh, 
drive up those costs. And they, they should look in the mirror and say, hey, what can we do from a regulation standpoint to lower that? If they really want affordable housing, they need to change some of their policies in Sacramento to allow for affordable housing. Yeah, well, so that the developer can actually get exactly. it done. Exactly. Right. So so where it stands today is you've sued the state in federal court. Mm-hmm. They've sued you in state court. Mm-hmm. And then everybody, you know, uh, <laughs> talks about it and then says their piece and tries to make their case, right? And, and so yeah. do you think there's any short-term resolution or solution to this? Or is this, an on, is this going to be a long-term? No, unless the governor backs off on that 13,000 number, there's no way there's going to be a short, you know, we're going to take this Supreme Court if we have to because it's a fundamental argument. And at the end of the day, it's fundamental. We're fighting for the quality of life of people. And I was elected to fight for the quality of life of the people of Huntington Beach. People in Huntington Beach like the suburban community that it is today, the coastal community. They don't want to live in Los Angeles. They don't want to live in San Francisco. And I, I've often said I'm not going to let Governor, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom do to Huntington Beach what he did as mayor to San Francisco. I used to love going to San Francisco, right? But look at all the problems they have up there. Uh, in fact, a recent study said 89% of the people in Knob Hill, which is the one of the richest parts right, of right. San Francisco, see, see poop on the ground, human feces every day. We don't want that in Huntington Beach. We don't want any part of what San Francisco is trying to offer in Huntington Beach. And it's a fundamental fight, and we're willing to fight. And I guess the other issue is, look, if your mandate is 13,000-plus affordable homes by the state, what if you built 10? I mean, you're still not compliant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we asked that question, by the way. And the other thing is, in federal court, we're also suing under the First Amendment. And let me explain that really quick. So in order to abide by the mandate that the state is saying, you have to uh, agree to what is called overriding consideration that says, you know, all the mitigation that normally you would do looking at a development project, uh, will it hurt the environment? Will there be um, earthquake concerns, um, geological concerns? Will there be traffic concerns, noise concerns, water, you know, education, uh, overcrowding in schools? First, you know, the state will never give us the money. This is an unfunded mandate. They'll never give us the money that comes with the cost. Law enforcement, you know, if we have that, I mean, law enforcement and police and fire, uh, they're not going to give us the cost. So what they're asking us to do is say the governor's housing mandate is more important than any other mitigation that you would normally do on any development project. And one, I don't believe that. And so... If I don't believe it, I'm not going to do it. And so he's trying to, in my vote, in my voice, is my First Amendment. And and he's trying to say, you have to say this in order to abide by his state law. Yeah, and there's no question that with that kind of significant development, I mean, look, you're close to the beach. You already have traffic issues. I can't wait for the 405 expansion to get finished. It's going to be awesome. And, and the parking, the parking issues, right. too. I mean, we're talking about crime. If you talk to our chief para um, and talk to any law enforcement person, when you have a community field, you see, for example, you park near your house and you know your neighbors, and you know that's your neighbor's car over here. But then when you start getting away from that suburban feel and urban where you're going to have to walk long distances, no one knows whose car's who, you have more more problems in terms of crime as well. And so, again, people, nothing wrong with urban living. Some people like that. Some people want that. Um, I almost went to New York uh, out of college. But people in Huntington Beach, if we don't win this lawsuit, I guarantee you a lot of the citizens of Huntington Beach will will leave Huntington Beach because they don't want to live in that urban center. Well, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you is how has the the good fight, if you will, been perceived by your constituents? Oh, it's unbelievable. I'm more popular today than ever before uh, because they finally see leadership. And in the day, you know, again, as I mentioned, 
the past council, you know, I just didn't understand their philosophy. They said, do what the state says, do what the state tells you, otherwise you're going to do what they tell you. And it's like, uh, no, we need to fight and preserve the quality of life for the people in our city. And that's why I decided to run. And that's why I'm more popular today, because they want that fight. The citizens want that fight. In fact, we were just nationally on PBS. The PBS reporter couldn't believe it. He went around Main Street and he went around all over Huntington Beach asking, and he was looking for anybody in the city to say, hey, we understand these state mandates. And he told me he couldn't find a person, you know, off the street just right. randomly to say that they're on the side of Governor Newsom. And, and, and some of the other big issues, I mean, obviously that's the most prevalent one and gets the most press from it. But, I mean, you have other pressing issues with uh, public safety, mm-hmm. uh, with transportation, just that are that are ongoing issues that I think really any city faces. Well, one of the things I'm really proud of, we just uh, are going through right now and in, in, in we finalized in concept. We just got to ratify it on the council, which we're, we're doing this week, our POA, uh, our new contract. We were losing a lot of officers. Uh, to you know, Orange County sheriffs, Irvine, and other cities, and we were down twenty eight to thirty officers because of pay. Or yeah, because of pay or... and benefits, and so we wanted to make sure we were in the ballpark. Look, we think Huntington Beach is a desirable place, but we couldn't be number eight or nine or ten right. and maintain. You know, look, I think the most essential role of government is public safety. And I told Chief Para, we're going to give him the tools he needs to make sure that our citizens are safe, that they're safe in their business, in the parks and um, at home and in their schools. And so I'm very proud that we're now going to be able to get back the police force that, that the Chief Hard deserves to keep you know, Huntington Beach safe. Yeah, and, and look, uh, one of the main uh, attractiveness of, of Huntington Beach and one of the main sources of revenue for a lot of the business is tourism. Correct. And, and if you're not if you're not uh, safe, you're not, safe, you're not coming come. back. That's exactly. You're not coming back. Right. And and uh, I have to say, uh, Chief Para, our, our police chief, is a remarkable police chief. Chief Haberly, uh, our fire chief, we're very lucky to have really unbelievable leaders in Huntington Beach leading our fire department and our police department. And so what do you think, I mean, uh, of the are the key challenges for going forward? Obviously, this, this battle with the state is ongoing. Fundamental. Right. It's and, fundamental. And it really is. But uh, from an operational standpoint, is the staff back to work? Are you still have people working remotely? Or is no, the they're city, back to work. In fact, going? I went back and said, look, no more going to Zooms. Like, we're back to work. We're back to the beaches. We're back to tourism. We're back to doing what we can to bring in uh, business, uh, not just tourism. I did an economic summit, and we're doing an economic summit right now. Jeff Ball from the Orange County Business Council. Yeah. Who was a guest uh, here. Gar- Garofalo, who's uh, very active in the business community. Ed Mountford, very active in our business community. They're coming back, and we're doing this economic summit. They're going to come back with you know eight to ten ideas that I could do as mayor to help grow our economy. And not just tourism, but, you know, fundamentally bring in businesses. Right. Um, I'm working right now today. I have a, a meeting with trying to bring in a Tesla dealership. We're doing what we can to try to, uh, you know, bring in business to Huntington Beach because um, that economic growth is what allows us to, our, our quality of life, you know, our infrastructure. We have more parks than I think any other city. Uh, I think we have like somewhere over 80 parks in town. We have to maintain those parks. And so we're maintaining the quality of life. In order to do that, though, we have to keep doing economic development. Well, and, and it's the support businesses, not only for the tourism, but also for just the residences within the city. And so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I'm hearing is Huntington Beach 
pro business yep. want to make the businesses that are currently located in the city as successful as possible and then also attract new business and, and on the campaign trail i was asked that about the chamber what are you going to do what are you going to do to bring in more business what are you going to do and and i said well the first priority is uh take care of the people who are already doing business in your city right, first correct. a lot of times people want to go out to the new let's let's sit down and talk to people who already invested in huntington beach what can we do to make sure that your investment's well done? Or, or for lack of a better term, what can we do uh, to thank you for investing in Huntington Beach? Then, at that point, we do what we can to bring in more, but also always maintain that quality of life to make sure that we're bringing the right businesses, uh, that we build the city outright, and um, that we maintain the quality of life for everybody in our city. And, and is part of the business plan, if you will, or the game plan for the city and the city council to continue to parlay on the reputation of the city and, and continue to bring visitors and people to the city? Without question, without question. And the other thing I'm trying to push is LA 28. Olympic Games are coming in at 28, and we're ideally situated to host a couple events. Um, again, we're used to very large events that we really don't have, you know, problems. You know, a lot of times other cities have these large events and they have, you know, shootings and they have, you know, gangs and like we've done a remarkable job of having these large events because our police and our fire are used to working with other agencies and make sure we have these large events and we're well situated uh, infrastructure wise in order to, to do these large events. And yeah. so um, we're going to be pushing to try to host uh, some of the events in the LA games. Uh, but on top of that, uh, we also have the NCA volleyball, the women's volleyball, sand volleyball championships are going to be here in the next two years. Good. And so, as mayor, uh, I'm busy. Um, I bet. It's but, a full-time gig. But I can say there's nothing I've been more proud of than, one, being mayor of Huntington Beach. I, I've been a senator. I've been an assembly member. I've been the Republican caucus chair. But being mayor of Surf City is a very, very, very special thing. And, and, then, you, and you start to see the results, I think, more real-time yeah, as well. Yeah, right? and, and local government. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and then I also commend uh, the other three individuals I ran with. We're a team, and we kind of uh, look at we, – we all have different backgrounds, but we look and we make a good team because we all have different backgrounds. But really, when it comes down to it, um, we just want to do what's right for Huntington Beach. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention you know, Casey McKeon and Pat – Pat Burns and, and Gracie Vandermark, they are all uh, incredible leaders uh, that we all came in together. Yeah, and it certainly makes it uh, <coughs> more helpful to have a uh, majority and a team that's mm -hmm. like-minded so that you're working towards a common goal. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So it always goes quick. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. I do know that the July 4th parade is coming up here in only a couple of weeks. How can people find out more information, not only about the parade, but then also about just other happenings at the city? I just go to our website. Uh, go to the Huntington Beach website, and you have a list of uh, events on the Huntington Beach website. And we're always having something coming up. An example, this uh, Sunday. I'm very proud of this. It's going to be the first annual of many. Angel Force is an organization that brings awareness to military and veterans who commit suicide. Mm. It's the number one killer among veterans. And uh, we have people coming here doing a concert. You know, band members from The Who, Crosby, Stills & Nash, the Doobie Brothers, are all coming out here to play at the pier for free. And then we're also honoring the Vietnam veterans. Uh, it's the 50th anniversary of the Vietnam War. Uh, when they came back home, they didn't get the you know the reception that they deserved, and so we're uh, pinning all the Vietnam veterans, and we're going to bring awareness to try to you know again going back to PTSD, mental health, 
number one killer um, for these veterans is suicide. So we're doing the first annual, and I helped organize that, and that's going to be coming up uh, this Sunday, the 11th. And I hope people come out and have a good time, but also uh, be aware of this very significant issue that we need to solve collectively yeah well look i appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts and talking about the city which i'm sure you love to do and and we like to hear about it and i wish you and your family and the city much continued success Oh, Barry, thanks for having me on. I really, truly appreciate it. Yeah. So, again, for those folks out there, 4th of July Parade, Huntington Beach, you can't miss it. Uh, Also, the concert this weekend, Sunday. Go to the website uh, and check it out. Again, I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company. Uh, It's Tuesday. We're talking real estate. I want to give a a special thanks to uh, Paul and Sophia and the whole crew here at OC Talk Radio, as always. And uh, for everyone out there, we'll see you back here next week on Let's Talk Real Estate. you have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california on orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studio here at the university of california irvine's beale applied innovation center